This is the 10-Minute Contrarian Podcast. This is VP. We are a solutions-based podcast diving into the world of contrarian investing and alternative finance. You can find us hosted on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, nonsenseforex.com, and podcast players everywhere. We got a big old episode today, so again, we're going to skip ad reads and dive right into things. Uh, because I think it would be a huge mistake if we went right into the high upside sexy stuff and completely ignored what is probably your largest position. Uh, it is still mine. And that is going to be cash. Your fiat currency sitting in your bank account. Now, why is this episode contrarian? Well, for obvious reasons. For most countries, the fiat currency sitting in their bank account does nothing but lose purchasing power, does nothing but go down year after year, and almost nobody does anything about it. And the crazy part is there are a number of things you can do about this. Uh, it just takes a little bit of effort up front, but once you've done it, you've done it. And for Americans, for example, you can take something that loses about 2% every year and turn that into a positive gain of anywhere from 2% on up to maybe even 7 8% depending on how you do it. Think about that. Now, I know those are single-digit percentages, and that's not super sexy, but it actually is if you think about it. Now, a lot of you subscribe to the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel, and you know what a gigantic turnaround it is to be a Forex trader who gets about you know 2-3% loss every year on your account in your trading and turning that around to about a 5-6% gain. What a dramatic change that would be for you as a trader. And then being able to compound those gains year over year. It is a very large difference. It is a very large reversal in your overall fortune. And you can obtain this on the cash that is doing nothing but sitting there in your account. You just got to make some moves, and we're going to talk about that. Because I don't know about you, I don't like just sitting there and losing money if I don't have to. Some people are fine with it. Either they don't know that their money is losing purchasing power, and if you're not aware, that's fine. What I'm going to do is uh, the show notes are going to have a lot of information today, so I suggest you go down and check them out. The first thing I'm going to put down, two charts, actually, and this is only on the United States dollar. Your currency might be suffering a similar fate, a worse fate, better. I have no idea. I can only speak for my home currency at this time. But two charts, how much the United States dollar has lost in its history, and then how much it has lost over the past 10 years. Americans, your United States dollar, as strong as it's been overall against other currencies, has lost one-fifth, 20% of its purchasing power in the past 10 years, since 2010. And whether or not you believe in inflation or deflation, if you're on the inflation side, that percentage it loses every year is only going to go up. Why does this sit well with you? Well, for most people, they're completely unaware of this phenomenon, and that's the way the government wants it. But a lot of you, especially those of you who follow this podcast, you are aware of things like this. But it's the whole boiling a frog principle. You know, if you do it slowly enough, people aren't going to care. And they'll just sit there and take it because it's not worth the effort to fix it. Well, I don't know about you, but I don't feel that way. I don't like sitting there losing money when I don't have to. I spent 15 years in Las Vegas, and for the last probably 12, 13 years, I did not play one casino game, except for Baccarat, and that was an experiment. Blog readers know all about that. Uh, but beside that, I didn't play one casino game because I knew those games are rigged against me, and I'm supposed to lose, and I don't like that. I don't like somebody saying, hey, I'm smarter than you are, 
and over time I am going to take your money away from you. Now I understand the entertainment aspect of it. Some people are fully aware of those odds and they just play it anyway for entertainment. And that's totally fine. Um, But the novelty there had even worn off on me after a couple years. So if you're going to give me the option to either lose money or gain money over time, I am going to choose the latter and I will put forth any effort I have to to make this so. Just tell me what I have to do. You are a solutions-based podcast. Give me some solutions. So we are going to do that here today, but I want to clear up a few things first, and this is important. First off, uh, I have done two videos on the No Nonsense Forex YouTube channel talking about the United States dollar and what to do if it fails, and how no matter what your own personal prediction is, how you should always diversify out of it or your own home currency, simply for your overall protection. Now, on those episodes, we talked about divesting into other currencies and why I think those currencies are a good idea. And then we spoke about the platforms you can do this on. I know in the United States, you can use, well, depending on the state you're in, most states are allowed to use Revolut and TransferWise, which is now changed its name to Wise. And these are both great options to accomplish the very thing we were talking about in those videos. Here's the one problem as it pertains to what we're talking about in this episode. When you use these apps, you do not get to participate in the positive interest rates of any of those currencies. It's the one catch. Now, for example, if you are banking in the United States, you not only get a tiny, tiny interest rate on your United States dollar, you also get next to nothing on your savings account, which gives you almost no protection whatsoever from the 2% hit you are about to take that year. So for starters, if you only have one bank, please go get a second bank. I don't care if it's on the blockchain. Just have another out. Americans especially, we get lulled into this false sense of security, and we think our banks, just because they're large, if you have a larger bank, like a Chase, Wells Fargo, Bank of America, something like that, that they're super safe because they're a big name, and they have big buildings, and they have TV commercials. Um, I am going to add in the show notes as well a list of the top 50 banks in the world in terms of safety. American commercial banks do not appear on this list. There are American banks on the list, but they're mostly private banks or agricultural banks, you know, things that we don't have really a chance to participate in. Uh, But all our big mega banks did not make that list. Canada, on the other hand, nice job. Your banks are super safe. Um, But first and foremost, make sure you don't have all your eggs in one basket. Um, I've shown before on Twitter how the FDIC doesn't really have the money to protect you should something go wrong, and most local bank branches are no longer required to carry any cash in them whatsoever. ATMs, yes, of course, but the actual banks themselves, uh, if there was ever a run, it's first come, first serve, and then everybody else, sorry, nothing we can do. Now, I'm not sitting here saying your bank is about to go insolvent, but we just have not known hard times in the banking world in most Western countries uh, that we have seen in other countries. But that doesn't mean we're immune to it. So you have to put forth a little bit of effort. Speaking of putting forth some effort, there are varying degrees of effort you can put forth. But again, even in what I'm about to tell you, if it seems like a lot, once you have done it, you have done it. And you don't have to go do it again. And then you can stop willfully losing money year over year. So the first thing you're going to want to consider doing is opening up an offshore bank account. Now, as Americans, this is very difficult. We have something called FATCA. And what it does is if any offshore bank wants to take Americans, and who wouldn't want to do that? Americans have a lot of money. Well, most banks don't want to, because in order to comply with FATCA, you have to pretty much overhaul your entire system 
And even after you've done that, still deal with all of the bureaucracy that goes along with dealing with Americans and the SEC. It's not the citizens themselves. It's all the regulations we have attached to us. So you're going to have to do some research here, and you're going to find some dead ends. You're probably going to find a lot of dead ends, because ultimately you are going to want to bank in a country that does not require you to be a resident there as well. The options here are fairly slim, and they get slimmer by the year. So if you're going to take action, I would say do it as soon as you possibly can. Now, I'm not going to be able to be much help here. I will give you some articles down in the show notes. The one is a video by the nomad capitalist, Andrew Henderson. Uh, some of you guys already know who he is. He deals with uh, passports, offshore banking, all that kind of good stuff. He really is tops in the field as far as this goes. And he's all about doing it in a very legal compliant way, which is great because a lot of people in this sector don't do it like that. And this is not a mistake you want to make. So Andrew gives some ideas in the video, but trust me, those are not your only options. Again, do your research and understand that it's going to take a little bit of time. And for all my non-Americans out there, this process should be quite a bit easier. I just can't speak on it. Um, But I can tell you what I did. I was unable to find a bank that would allow me to open an account remotely, so I had to actually show up. And I was already in the UK at the time visiting family, so I said, okay, found one. And I took a trip to Yerevan, which is the capital of Armenia. Showed up with all my papers, opened up an Armenian bank account. Now, I will not say the name of the actual bank because as of right now, they do not take Americans anymore. (laughs) They got tired of the hassle. Uh, But there are plenty of banks there that still do this. And like I said, once you do it, it's done. And for a while, I was able to enjoy really nice high returns on the Armenian dram and a currency that did not lose a lot of ground to the United States dollar until 2020. They had a little bit of a war over there and uh, the dram did lose ground against the dollar and the interest rate dropped. But those two things considered... I'm still coming out on the plus side. The rate is still quite high. And as of 2021, it has bounced back to its previous levels. Zero regrets. Now, I know some people in their heads right now are thinking, oh, well, VP, what if uh, Russia were to invade Armenia? It's like, guys, look, it's the 2020s. You can do everything digitally now. If you see the writing on the wall or if you think something dangerous is going to happen, you simply relocate the money you have in your offshore bank account into your home account if it makes you feel safer. You can do this at the drop of a hat. You're just creating reasons in your head to not take action. And you certainly don't have to go all the way to Armenia. I recommend it. Beautiful country. Beautiful city. People are very chill, very nice. Most people speak English. The women are hot. You could do worse. But there are other options out there as well. And I'll provide some links down below to get you started. Now, there is one other piece of this, which allowed me to take my cash account from negative to positive. And I'm sure many of you know what it is and that is getting positive rates on my USD-backed stablecoins. Now, the inherent risk here, of course, is on the blockchain, and the blockchain hasn't been around as long as banks have, and I understand that. This is maybe a risk you don't want to take, Um, but I am comfortable taking the risk I have taken here. I have converted cash into USDC, and I have put that USDC on BlockFi. Now, I know some of you are jumping up and down saying there are much higher returns to be had elsewhere and uh, that return on BlockFi has dropped recently, but I'm okay with that. 7.5% return on my USDC without having to really do much in the context of what we've been talking about is awfully high. But in the blockchain space, I like the safety BlockFi provides. Now, this is not an endorsement. If you put your money in there and it all goes bye-bye one day, not my fault because my money goes bye-bye too. I do not affiliate for them. 
But the reason I chose them over some of the, the more higher yield platforms out there or over something like Celsius was for one real reason. And again, this is just personal for me. I like how capitalized BlockFi is, and I like how they are a private company. Now, they're about to have an IPO real soon here, but their money does not come in and out from the actual blockchain. You know, they're not an actual cryptocurrency with all this dumb money flowing in and out of it. And I like that. I like the stability of that. So I've put all of my USDC and actually all of my Litecoin as well into BlockFi. And so far, so good. Again, if anything were to happen, I can easily move my money out of it. I know the Fed hates stable coins, blah, blah, blah. I'm tuned into this stuff just like you are. But again, I can always move it anytime I want to. And I've weighed out the risk. And I am more than happy taking this perceived level of risk, which isn't even that high, in my opinion, to get a positive return on the cash that is just sitting there in an account anyway. Imagine being able to do this. Imagine being able to chase these high upside investments like commodities and crypto. All the while, your cash that's just sitting there is giving you a positive return. Now, if you think going from negative 2% to a 4 or 5% on the positive side, return is just not sexy enough for you. If you can't be bothered to get out of bed for anything less than a 200% to 1,000% return, well, I'm going to say you're not looking at things the right way. I don't care how you do it. Just get your cash situation straightened out. Stop willfully losing money. It doesn't have to be this way. Start the game two spaces ahead on the game board instead of two spaces behind. Now, people who listen to contrarian investing podcasts typically are a lot less risk-averse than most people are. Most people think going out and opening a foreign bank account and putting your hard-earned cash on the blockchain is absolutely crazy. And that's fine. Let them lose money. Because we are not crazy. We're just early. <laughs>